Welcome to FMH InsureCast, a podcast created by Farmers Mutual Hale, designed to deliver expertise and insights from trusted FMH team members and industry experts. Each new episode will dive into new products, industry updates, and innovative solutions. Let's get to today's topic. Welcome back to the FMH InsureCast. On today's episode, we are going to go back to the basics on private crop insurance products, including crop hail, wind, named perils, and endorsements. I am Ryan Bennis, and I am here today with regional trainer Laura Held. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. Happy to be here. Great, great. Tell us a little bit about what you do here at FMH. Well, As you mentioned, I'm Laura Held. I am one of the regional trainers here at FMH. We have five regional trainers now. My territory though is a Southwest region. So what that means is I spend a lot of my time uh, training agents in Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Texas, Colorado as well. And my husband Tyson and I uh, live in South Central Iowa where we have a cow-calf operation. We are raising our nephew Kenrick and we have a couple labs that we spoil to complete our family. Well. She's a true farm girl. She's got that going for her. And uh, she trains here for us at FMH and does a great job. And she's going to help us walk through the basics of private insurance products here today. So um, let's just talk about that. Obviously, those are different from our federally subsidized products, what we what we call MPCI or multi-parallel crop insurance products. Um, so what is the differences between the two? Well, let's start off first. You said subsidized MPCI products, right? Well, crop hail is unsubsidized, meaning that the government does not fund those products at all. There is no subsidy for the farmers and they don't regulate the products as well. Well, mostly, right? They still have a little bit of oversight, right? To what we do. Um, And also the farmer pays the full share of the premium. That makes it different. And then some states do have rate requirements and other states, it's a little bit of the Wild West. Right. So I've gotten some experience recently in Illinois, and Illinois is definitely maybe not in the West, but it's a little bit more Wild West in terms of uh, how the rules and rates work in the state. Um, But there are some states, say like Iowa and Minnesota, that the state insurance departments have a little bit more of a hand in how those rates are come up with. So um, but ultimately, like you said, we make the rules and rates and we also underwrite it and adjust it as well. Um, tell me something else that's different about it's usually different between federal products and our private insurance products. So most of the time, those private products are considered named perils, uh, which means that they only cover losses of a specific type. The most common of those is hail insurance or wind insurance, perhaps uh, this is different again from that multi-peril, which covers multiple perils uh, and how most of those federal products are designed. Right. So um, given that, and I think we're going to spend most of our time on those crop hail and wind products. How are those, what do those policy types look like? What are the common types of private products that we have out there? So probably the most popular types are, again, the crop hail and the wind policies that are out there uh, because we see a lot of those types of losses. Uh, Farmers experience those on a regular basis and they can be really devastating. Uh, But Ryan, there are many more other types of private products as well, uh, including replant, uh, grain fire. In my territory, we see a lot of that pasture fire policy out there. And then in other parts of the country, not so much in the Southwest, 
uh, in my territory, but the Forage Winter Kill uh, is another product that's out there. Yeah, and I think there's even more to mention than that, but we're going to spend most of our time today on the crop hail and wind because those are the most popular and they apply almost everywhere. So um, why would a farmer choose a private insurance product? It's not subsidized. We already have this multi-parallel federally subsidized option. Why do we still see these private products being so popular? Well, there are a few reasons uh, why uh, a farmer might want to take a look at uh, a private product. Uh, if you think back to maybe some multi-parallel 101, uh, being a trainer, I teach that course often, uh, but MPCI comes with a deductible. So they may have to suffer a significant loss before that they would trigger a claim on the MPCI product. Uh, and when it comes to private products like hail or wind insurance, for example, a farmer can choose to purchase that with no deductible at all. Yeah. I've also heard agents and farmers mention, you know, I have an, I have an APH and that's how I buy my, my multi-parallel insurance. I buy a percentage of that APH, but that APH represents my average, right? And so I could have a potential uh, yields that are well above my average. So talk to me about that. And then I've also heard uh, agents and farmers mention that they like to pair these private products with enterprise units. Sure. So tell me more about those. Two well, things. first, as a trainer, I think I probably need to remind everybody that APH stands for actual production history, right? So it's the average of your farm, as you were saying. Um, I would just think about acronyms, right? We have mm-hmm. so many acronyms in crop insurance, and I just wanted to throw that one out there for our listeners. We do throw them around a little willy-nilly without explaining <laughs> we, them sometimes. <laughs> we do. We do. Um, so uh, as far as APH and how that impacts and then enterprise units bringing that back here, uh, in many ways, the no deductible private products like hail and wind help protect those farmers against any loss potential. So maybe they have a 200 bushel average per acre on their farm where their APH is 200 uh, bushels per acre. Uh, But the yield potential, maybe they're having the best crop out there. It looks like it's going to be the best crop that they've ever raised on that ground. And maybe it's looking at to be about a 240 bushel per acre uh, crop year for them. But a hailstorm comes through and that farmer suffers a 20% hail loss. They could still, even at 20% hail loss, which is pretty significant, they could still end up producing an average crop based on their APH. Yeah. And so in that case, uh, you could have that 20% hail loss. You're not even close to a multiparal loss yet. And yet the farmer suffered a, a pretty significant financial loss on those acres. So uh, that's another great reason. Now, I also, I mentioned enterprise units. Why would somebody want to pair private products with enterprise units? Well, enterprise units uh, have become really popular. And with any crop insurance product, unit structure is so important. But enterprise units, uh, they've become popular for good reason. Uh, They're an excellent value, right? Because they're grouping all of the acres in that county together. And what happens, though, is sometimes maybe there's just one part of that farmer's operation that has a loss, uh, but it's not severe enough that it the good ground outproduces that area where maybe there was a loss. And so it doesn't trigger that MPCI loss. So enterprise units are great. Uh, value, but sometimes it can be detrimental if there was a, a bad loss in one area of the county. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think about it like this, you know, the the top level we can buy on multi-parallel is 85%, right? If I have 10 equal units and I get one of them completely wiped out, I got a zero on there and everything else does an average, 
that's still 90% of what I was expecting and I'm still not into a claim. Yep. So I really, I really think uh, having those private insurance add-ons like hail and wind does pair really well with enterprise units. Okay. So that's a, a lot of great information there. Now um, there are a lot of policy options here with hail and wind. So let's go through each of these categories um, go ahead and start us off with some of the basics here. All right. So you kind of led into that really yeah. <laughs> well. So there is what's called full coverage or basic of uh, crop hail policy, meaning that there is no deductible. Would that be like the Cadillac of crop insurance when it comes to crop hail? I don't know. Well, the Depends Cadillac is at. probably production hail. Oh, yeah. But uh, it could get a little expensive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I do so like to say um, that the full or basic plans at least in front of our meetings and in front of farmers and agents, I like to mention that that's the policy that FMH has been writing since 1893, right? It's the one that we we have been um, adjusting and policy structure for the longest time. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but sounds I think good. it sounds pretty good to me. And it's, it's probably pretty close to the truth there. So Okay. So with a full or basic policy for crop hail, there is no deductible and it'll a 1% loss would pay 1% of liability. So a straight one for one uh, payment on on those full or basic crop hail policies. Then there's also what's called a deductible plan for crop hail. And those deductibles can range anywhere from five all the way up to 30 percent uh, deductible. Some of those are straight deductibles and some of those have disappearing deductibles with the bigger losses. Yeah. And I'll just throw in a couple nuggets there. I mean, deductibles are obviously going to be a little cheaper than our full or basic plans because we have to suffer a loss there before we're getting uh, paid as well. But, um, and definitely rates, and we'll talk more about rates here in a little bit, uh, impact whether you want a deductible plan or not. But I always caution agents and farmers, if you're going to buy these plans and you've already got a multiple option, your multiple comes with a deductible. Do we really want to add another deductible on your hail plan, right? We want to we want to get paid when we're not getting paid under the multiple plan. So uh, definitely deductibles make sense when you're when you're in higher rated areas. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should never buy a deductible, but uh, think about that through. Right. We're trying to cover those losses that multiple won't. And so uh, oftentimes we want to get paid off percentage number one. Right. Yep. Yep. All right. What else have we got? We've got a companion plan. Uh, these are those policies that have a multiplier element. Uh, two times or three times is how those work. Uh, they do work well in conjunction with those MPCI policies as they pay out quicker and there's less liability that's required to, to purchase with those companion plans. Uh, for example, a comp two plan or companion plan two pays out in full at 55% and a comp three plan pays out in full at just under 40%. The theory there is uh, being that the loss is greater than 40 or 50% would be covered by their MPCI policy. Uh, and these are really more effective in certain areas, uh, probably most popular here in Iowa, as you probably know, Ryan, and the states that border around Iowa. Yeah. So we, we mentioned rates. And I think the general rule is the further east you go in the Corn Belt, the cheaper it gets, the further west you go, it gets a little bit more expensive. Um, our companion plans tend to be more popular kind of in the middle, uh, almost mm -hmm. in the sweet spot where, where our hail rates are, are neither very expensive or very cheap. And in our cheaper areas, I think they stick with those full plans. 
in our uh, more expensive areas, they might actually lean towards those deductibles or, or maybe the full plans there as well. The companion plans tend to work kind of in the middle for whatever reason. Okay, now we got to tackle one more, Laura. What's the last category of hail plans? Production plans. I mean, we could spend a whole podcast describing what a production plan is uh, in detail, but I'll just keep it high level for today since we're doing a back to basics episode here. Uh, it's very a production plan is very similar to a companion plan, but they pay out even faster than a companion plan. The only drawback uh, is that the farmer must show a production loss in conjunction with the adjusted percentage of the loss. Uh, again, that's a whole other podcast in itself, Ryan. Definitely. Production plan is uh, not only the most expensive, it's the most complicated. Um, so it definitely would take a, a lot of explaining. But each of these categories, the basic, uh, the basic is is actually, that's the only plan there is, right? Uh, but the deductibles have lots of options. The companion plans have lots of options, and so do production plans. So within each of these categories, we still have uh, minor tweaks to the the options we have in each one. But for today, sticking to the basics, those are the high-level overviews of each of those. Okay, so Laura, how would a farmer actually apply for these hail coverages? All right, so coverage for hail can be bought at any time. It isn't like a multi-parallel product that uh, has a sales close deadline, right? So um, we always encourage our farmers to buy that crop hail policy when they buy their MPCI in the spring, say that 315 sales close date. Um, go ahead when that crop year begins and just put that crop hail on your policy at the same time. It'll save you time. It'll save your agent time. Uh, and you don't have to worry about it. That farmer is going to go out that spring and plant uh, their crop and they don't want to wait until they see those hail clouds rolling in uh, to call their agent and say, hey, by the way, I need to add uh, some crop hail to my uh, policy. So just get it taken care of is what what I always suggest. Get it taken care of from day one. And then that farmer, uh, the rules, like what do they need to know? What do they need to think about? Uh, the farmer just has to decide what plan do they want? You know, work with their, they need to work with their agent and figure out how much liability do they want for that acre of the crop that they're growing. And if they want to add any additional endorsements like wind or extra harvest expense for corn. Yeah. So lots of lots to go through, but I would say generally a good agent has two or three good options to present to each farmer. And so you, uh, I think as a farmer, you won't be uh, expected to know all of them and then decide the one that's perfect for yourself. Um, okay. You just mentioned wind and endorsements. Now, wind usually comes as an endorsement, so we can't typically, um, There's, I'm sure there's exceptions out there. Typically, well, we can't it's buy It's crop wind. insurance, right? There's yeah. always exceptions. There's always crop exceptions, insurance. right? Um, but generally, wind cannot be purchased by itself. And so we need to have a hail plan first, and then we add wind as an endorsement. So yeah, I know wind has become a little bit more prominent in the past few years. Tell me a little bit more about the wind options that we have. So you did mention it typically has to be purchased with hail insurance, uh, but for wind, you can buy just green snap or wind coverage. And that wind coverage, if you buy that option, it does include the green snap and it includes extra coverage for the unharvestable ears. Yeah. So that unharvestable ears, in case you're wondering exactly what that means, 
it's it's kind of what it sounds like. We literally our adjusters will just walk behind the combine and count the ears that were not picked up uh, by the combine after a windstorm, right? So that's in addition to green snap, which is that snapping of the stock uh, below the ear that either causes the ear not to develop or it becomes an unharvestable ear itself. Um, then there's also extra harvest expense. Talk to me about that. Yep. So extra harvest expense or EHE uh, is an option, an endorsement that the farmer can put on their policy to help recover losses due to the extra labor and expenses involved with harvesting maybe that down corn crop in their field. Yeah. Yeah. We call that the pain in the butt coverage, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's not actually reflecting true yield losses. You had a wind storm that's causing you extra time, labor, maybe extra equipment, diesel, all those things, um, because you just made a a cornfield that should be harvested in a day could be now multiple days to harvest a single field um all right circling back to the application process you said there's no deadlines for a hail policy but are there any deadlines for anything else well let's talk about that so again there's no deadlines for that traditional hail policy but wind endorsements and production plans have a sales close date of June 30th. So those applications have to be in by that time. Yeah, so so technically, right, you could buy a hail plan in September. And we see that actually every once in a while. If somebody has a really good soybean crop and they're afraid of shatter loss, say, for instance, at harvest, they might wait until September to buy that hail plan. But I would say, you know, if the if the growing season is 100 or 125 days of exposure to hail, you might as well have the hail plan for all hundred and some days, uh, you're paying the same rate no matter what. So, yep. Okay. Um, so we talked a little bit about each of those plans and we talked about how you can apply for them, but how do they decide which plan to take and how much coverage they need for, for their, for their crop? So that is a very hard question to answer all at once. Um, but there are several factors that a farmer should consider when they're working with their agent. Um, they need to ask themselves, what is their crop worth? You know, is that the best crop that they've ever grown on that ground? And and do they feel like they need additional coverage? Uh, and how much money are they willing to put towards it? Uh, the other thing factor that comes into play is how much MPCI coverage do they have? You know, do they need to buy more crop hail because they maybe have a lower MPCI policy or their coverage with MPCI is higher, so they're not looking to cover as much? I mean, it really is situational uh, in that area. And then they also need to decide how much money are they willing to spend. And you kind of tipped off to this earlier, but it does really vary rates, really vary across the, the country. Uh, and depending on where they're at, that price is going to be different. So hail and wind rates are on a per $100 basis. Uh, so for full coverage, we have rates in the Eastern Corn Belt, like Ohio, for example, where those rates are just $0.25 cents per $100 in coverage. Uh, and then in the West, they can exceed $30 per $100 of coverage. Uh, I know my folks out in Kansas and Nebraska, they'll talk about how their rates are a lot higher um, than some parts of the country. And that holds true. Right, right. And so um, very possible in the Eastern Corn Belt to only spend a handful of dollars per acre, you know, five, 10 at the most uh, to buy some hail insurance. And uh, you get out west and there's folks that are spending nearly $100 an acre um, in hail insurance. So 
definitely varies quite a bit. Um, okay, so let's talk. Uh, let's go through the cycle here. We've bought a policy. Uh, we decided the coverage that we wanted for it, and then we actually have a hail a hail event. Um, how are claims handled? How do we go out and determine a percentage of loss? Well, first, that insured has to let their agent know that they had a loss and that agent is going to submit that claim, right? And then once that claim is submitted, uh, typically the adjusters will wait at least 10 days after that storm before they do their adjustment. Uh, This is because some of that damage is hidden immediately after the storm uh, and it can show up later. So they'll give it a little little bit of time to uh, see what the damage actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, we sometimes say that hail adjusting is a little bit more of an art than a science. But we we really truly do have standards that we use. Um, tell me about those standards and then and then how they get applied. All right. So those standards are maintained by NCIS or the National Crop Insurance Services. Uh, the losses that adjusters are looking for when they're out in the field after a hailstorm would be defoliation, bruising, cutoffs, and then direct damage to the grain itself uh, are are the types of damage that an adjuster is looking for. Yeah. And so um, maybe the most important thing that an adjuster does right at the beginning of a claim is they stage the crop. And then based off of that stage, they're going to actually look and see what damage is visible to that crop. And then depending on what the damage is and how severe it is and the stage the crop is at, it can vary quite a bit what the actual percentage of loss ends up being. So um the the most important you, you could have a drastically different percentage of loss just if you're staging the crop at a, at the different stage. So um, that's where you you get uh, the coffee shop talk and I got this percent. What did you get? And uh, hail also is not consistent. It's just the same as rain, right? Where oh I'm I'm a half a mile away from you. I got a full inch and you only got three tenths. I mean the same thing is with hail. So uh, the the percentages of losses are gonna are gonna vary. Um, Sometimes we can settle those claims in the field, right? Or we can uh, we can pay those claims pretty soon. But tell me about a situation where we might have to defer a hail claim. So a lot of times those damages can't be handled immediately because maybe it's that bruising on that soybean plant, for example, and it's at the base. And at that day, the adjuster's out there, that plant could still be standing in the field. And then later on down the road, that plant may end up dying Uh and impacting their their yields. Uh, and I think when we were prepping for this, Ryan, you had made a comment about uh, like a tree that's struck by lightning, it could be fine one day and then just fall over uh, down the road. Uh, the soybean plant would be much like that. And so oftentimes that's why we would defer a claim uh, and maybe not pay it immediately as we can in other situations. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so admittedly, we have been focusing on crop hail and wind. Tell me about maybe some other private products that we have that are out there that are not subsidized by the government, but that are exclusive to Farmers Mutual Hail. All right. So at FMH, we do have this other category of private products called banned products. Uh, these pr- products act more like an MPCI policy, but they are bought in addition to MPCI to guarantee more dollars for that insured and cover all types of losses. Uh, even those losses that are out there when there's just a price decline. Uh, and those products, Ryan, yeah. I think I've heard you talk about them on this podcast before, but 
uh, ramp. too much. <laughs> <laughs> They're your favorite, right? Yeah, they are my favorite. Uh, so we have ramp out there, which is that top end coverage uh, in addition to MPCI. And then we also have what's called SCO plus and ECO plus uh, acronym there. So I'll tell you what those stand for. So supplemental coverage option and enhanced coverage options are the two MPCI products that are out there. And then the plus products help cover those individual losses because SCO and ECO are the area plan or county-based coverage. So SEO and ECO plus, uh, yeah. those plus products help cover the individual losses. Yeah. So much like the production plan, we could probably spend a whole nother podcast talking about those, but we we did not want to uh, ignore those when we're talking about private products. They obviously have their own rules and regulations. They do follow the dates a little more closely with multi-parallel because they're attached to a multi-parallel uh, plan. Um, but with that, I mean, that kind of wraps up our conversation on the on this basics podcast. But I really uh, I thank you so much, Laura, for joining me. But I do want you to to leave us maybe with the three most important things that you would want agents and farmers to know. All right. So the first thing would be um, take out that coverage from day one uh, with your multi-parallel coverage that you take out in the spring so that you can do it all in one step and not have to worry about it later on when that storm is rolling through. Work with your agent to help determine the best risk management plan for your operation. Uh, and then also keep in mind that there's no magic bullet uh, that covers all the producers out there the same, right? So it's really based off of the farmer's expectations of what they expect to get paid or have covered uh, when that hailstorm or windstorm rolls through. And then just a reminder that although MPCI or that multi-parallel crop insurance covers all of these same items, uh, you can still have a claim for MPCI, but that loss may not be severe enough to trigger that claim. And that's where these private products come into play to help uh, protect that farmer's operation and their long-term uh, profitability. Yeah, definitely. I would just throw a little emphasis on uh, matching the farmer's expectations. I think that's when we run into the most trouble when it comes to hail and wind products is that the agent and farmer haven't communicated well enough to establish what the expectations are when they have a loss. Say, for instance, they have a 10% deductible and a hailstorm rolls through and the adjuster goes out and says, sorry, you didn't meet your deductible. That's a situation where if the farmer and agent haven't communicated really well, uh, the farmer could be very disappointed. And missed expectations are probably when we run into the biggest issues out there. So make sure that the farmer is uh, expecting what they're actually going to get. <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. So. Well, we really appreciate you joining us here today, Laura. It's been a pleasure to have you on the FMH InsureCast. Uh, thank you all for watching the FMH InsureCast episode. Subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel for more videos and follow our podcast on all the popular podcast apps. And we will talk to you again next time. All right. Thanks, Ryan. You've been listening to FMH InsureCast. We appreciate you joining us today and would like to hear from you. If you have questions about today's topic or an idea to share for an upcoming podcast, you can contact us at fmhpodcast at fmh.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast is intended for information purposes only. See policy provisions, terms, and conditions for details. Products underwritten by Farmers Mutual Hail Insurance Company of Iowa and its affiliates, West Des Moines, Iowa. Farmers Mutual Hail is an equal opportunity provider.